What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, man, y'all done did it again. Tuning in for an episode of All Truth No Chaser. You know we on that Instagram, so make sure you give your boy a follow. That's All Truth underscore No Chaser. All Truth underscore No Chaser. I shall do appreciate you. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. Share this with your peoples, you heard? So I'm telling you, I got a great story for y'all today. So I hope y'all ready. Put your seatbelts on and let's just get into it. It's peculiar, right? Because the Bible talks about how Christ is here for the church. And the church is people. And we're supposed to love the peoples. So in our society, we dictate church as a house, a building, etc. So when you are a man and you got your house, your building, that's your church. And you have to control the atmosphere, the temperature. Inside your church because that's what you the Lord over. Lord over in the biblical sense, not like, you know, dictate. That's not what I'm saying. But what happens, which we don't see a lot of, is when dads or men come into a marriage as the, with no kids, as the bonus dad. And so today... In this dynamic of fatherhood, I'm very excited because I don't make friends easy. <laughs> I don't make them easy. It is very, that's my own traumas that I'm telling you, we processed this out together as a community. But I, because of my little one being at this monastery school, she ended up befriending a little girl at, and they're, they're tied to the hip even to this day, years later. And that baby's daddy just happens to be one of my best friends. Hey, everybody, in your cars, wherever you listen to, just give me a nice little round of applause. Say hi, Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi, Alan. <laughs> hi, Alan. Hey, everybody. How you doing? All right. So the reason I asked him to come on because his story, when he met his wife, she did have already a child. And... I was very curious because hopefully we're going to unpack some of this today. And this is a safe space, so nobody got to be tripping here because we don't know what's going to unfold. But to talk about his journey from not having any kids to meeting a lady with a child and the things that unfolded with that journey and just where he is today. And I really feel like so many of us will be able to connect to this side of the story because mostly we hear about women getting with the guy with the kids. At least that, that was my story. And so with his story, um, we're going to be able to really unpack that. And I'm I super... Say started yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that's his wife that just... <laughs> She's so embarrassed right now. Yes, we did start. Thank I'm you. Wanted to say hello. <laughs> she already said hello. Oh, that is so funny. So <laughs> that is great. So, uh, Alan, man. So <laughs> first things first, brother. Um, when you met your wife and you knew she had a child, what was going through your mind? 
Well, first off, when I met my wife, I didn't know anything about her. I just saw her and was immediately drawn to her. Yeah. I, uh, we worked in the same uh, building. We worked for the same company. And it was one of her first days. And one of the guys that I was mentoring at the time was showing her around and brought her over to my office. And uh, wasn't quite paying attention at first, but when I spun around from my chair and I noticed she was there, it was almost an instant yeah. connection. And, uh, I immediately went to somebody else that I knew that was in the office that uh, kind of had a better lay of the land and knew more people around the office that could give me some background on her. And that was when I learned who she was, where she was in the office, and a little bit about her story. And so you was doing it. You were doing investigative yeah, I work. I to do some investigative <laughs> reporting and through uh, that investigation. Who this girl over here? <laughs> yeah. Who? Hey. <laughs> I, I, I saw her and you know like I said there was an instant connection and um, I uh, like I said did some inst investigative reporting and I found out that she did have a child and uh, you know I, I I couldn't ignore the connection yeah. anyway you know it's, it's peculiar right because I think for our lady for our lady listeners when I when I tell you we know there's no if a guy's giving you any kind of shim sham about whether or not he want to be with you uh, or, you know, he got to figure things out and this, that and the other. One thing I'm going to tell you off top. For me, I know I knew immediately that and I didn't even see my wife. I heard her voice and I was like, yo, who I, I'm instantly like moving my head around trying to find that frequency of her voice as she was speaking on the hunt, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I do, I am a firm believer that we know immediately if somebody is that one. That one. And in this case, I knew that she was that one. Um, but I did try to rationalize certain elements of the situation. And because of what we're talking about today, I think it's important that I mentioned that I tried to rationalize and really think about the decision to pursue somebody that had a child. And, yeah. Uh, it did play a role in my decision to listen to God. You know, I think I, I've heard a couple of your, of your episodes already and you say this thing more often than once or twice in that, you know, if you're if you're trying to control God's plan, you're already losing. Oh yeah, Something you try. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was trying to control God's plan. Yeah, and I was like, nah, that's not God's plan for me. I had a list of things that I felt like was appropriate to desire as a single man, single black man uh, in Atlanta at the time, with a good job and you know, quote-unquote, good job, quote-unquote, good family, blah, mm. blah, blah. Um, and I thought that having a partner that didn't have children was for me so that we could write that story together. together. Yeah, from Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't until my mother visited me down in Atlanta and she asked me, you know, my mother and I are close, you know, just put that out there. 
so we talk about generally just about everything mm -hmm. and she asked me what was going on with the dating situation had I found anybody that I liked or anybody that I was considering or was I introducing her to anybody on this trip <laughs> <laughs> and you know I said, no, nah, not really. And then, you know, my mind went to Claudia, mm. who's my wife. Mm. And I said, well, here's this one person, and I really like her. And I went to describing all of her wonderful qualities, you know, how intelligent she was, how beautiful she was, how connected to God she was, and how much we laughed when we were together. But I said, Mom, look, you know, she, she's, got a, she's got a son. Mm. And that's not really what I had planned. That's not what I had in mind. And she said, uh, after a pause, you know, where would I be if somebody said that about me? Mm. I would have missed out on having somebody of your quality, of your caliber. You know, mom is always your number one fan. <laughs> right, right. Uh, if she's doing it right, and she definitely is. And, you know, she, she said, where would I be if somebody of your quality, of your caliber, uh, wouldn't approach me because of you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think I'm pretty good. <laughs> I said, well, you know you're right. She said, you know, if she's worth your time, mm -hmm. pursue it and see what happens. Nobody yeah, says it's got an end in marriage, but, you know, don't let the fact that she has a son deter you from what could potentially be your destiny. Yeah. So, you uh, you pursue it, y'all hang out, y'all go on dates, and now you're at this position to where you say, I'm going to pop the question. Mm -hmm. You pop the question, you say, I do. She says, I do. Mm -hmm. You guys don't have any kids at the time. Mm -hmm. In your mind, are you saying, and even, like, just to kind of, you know, fast forward it a little bit. Are you feeling like, okay, now I have to um, figure out how to be a daddy real quick? You know, because you're not, because when you're not there for the inception, you're not there for the nine months in the belly, you're not there for, you know, the first, you're not there for any of that. Because at the time, uh, how, how old was he when you guys got married? Shane was, Shane's my, my bonus son, and he is 18 now. And he was nine going on 10 or 10 when we got married. Right. Yeah. So he already has some kind of idea about his surroundings. Mm -hmm. So are you in this position to where now you're like trying to um, fill shoes to be his dad? No, because uh, as I mentioned before, I'm a son of divorce. Mm -hmm. And um, my mother had remarried, mm -hmm. uh, is now divorced. Uh, my father remarried, is still married. And so I've been a bonus kid mm -hmm. in two instances. And I know what it looks like to impede on somebody's relationship with their natural parent, especially if that natural parent is present and active yeah. in, in, in the child's life. So, and so that was never my goal. My goal was always to be somebody that he could look up to, somebody that he could talk to, somebody that he could count on, somebody that was an example of how to treat a woman 
by the way that I treated his mother. And what that you're talking about is space. Yeah. You gave him space. Yeah. And that's important because when you're going into any any new territory, right, you never want to go into a territory like to take over. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to lose. But if you go into that territory and you decide to, when, and when I say create space, that doesn't mean like distance. No. That means like you're giving that person that space to kind of organically mature into a relationship. Exactly. You know, start off in a friendship, you know, start off. Not trying to force it. Yeah. Start off with the intention of building a bond, but not forcing a bond. Mm -hmm. Get to a place where we are family and we can conceivably count on each other. Right. Right. And in regards to um, Shane's dad, Mm -hmm. Did you sit down with him? Did you, like, talk with him? You know, and, like, what was that like? Yeah, so was there any, like, flexing, machismo, alpha male, rah, rah, rah? Uh, no, I can honestly say, excuse me, not on my part. Mm. You know, I came into the situation, you know, feeling humble to be a part of it, mm. you know. He had a working relationship with his father. I think, you know, his relationship, Shane's father's relationship with my wife was fractured. Um, But by all accounts, the relationship between Shane and his father was strong. Right. And so my position, I felt, was to respect that and reach out to him Mm -hmm. and, you know, introduce myself. Uh, we're talking about, you know, being states and states apart, mm-hmm. miles and miles apart. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity for a face-to-face interaction, the shaking of the hand, that just wasn't on the table. Mm-hmm. But I did have his number, so I could give him a call. Yeah. And I attempted to give him a call, and I left him a message, and I didn't press it. Uh, but I just wanted him to know that, you know, his son... My now wife, they were coming to live with me and I wanted to, you know, introduce myself and, yeah, you know, make my presence felt and, you know, let him know that I was an ally in this mm-hmm. um, co-parenting situation. And, you know, unfortunately, he didn't reach right back mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, and when he did reach back, it was in hostility. Yeah. And, you know, I remember... Um, Claudia and Shane, I, I flew to from Houston to Atlanta to move them from Atlanta to Houston, and I went to you know pick up all of their things, and you know we had a couple of pets, and so it was a huge caravan. It was a big deal, and I remember walking through Hartsfield International Airport in Atlanta uh, to get in the uh, to get in the car to go to you know Claudia's then house in Atlanta and I remember walking through that corridor and intentionally taking the long way mm. because I felt as soon as I got in that car my life was going to be completely different and that in some ways it wasn't going to belong to me anymore yeah and I got in the car now this is before you guys got married this is before we got married okay correct um and I just I just remember feeling 
that things were going to be different. I couldn't measure by how much and by what. Mm-hmm. But I just knew they were going to be different. And so we fast forward then from that moment to the moment where, you know, Claudia and Shane have now moved in to my place here in Houston. And suddenly my phone rings and Claudia's away on business, Shane and I are at home. And I don't remember specifically what the issue was or why it devolved into the situation that it did, but it devolved and it devolved quickly. Mm. Uh, He called and he was really upset behind the fact that you know, we hadn't had a conversation, even though I reached out. Right. Uh, and that reach out wasn't reciprocated. I wasn't going to chase him down. <laughs> right. Uh, so he was upset about that. He was upset. But you, about you that. gave him the respect, dude. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, 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 and I think that's important too because sometimes our egos get in the way of proper progress. Or some people feel like because you said the first time. When he did reach out, this was hostile. Was this the moment you're talking about? The first time he this he was the very first time I ever spoke with him. Okay, so yeah, so what we okay Unfold. okay unfolded he's, unfolded. He's calling from California, which is where he's from, and you know where Shane was born. And I'm in Houston with Shane on a school night, and theoretically Shane is in his room asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's after hours, um, and he proceeds to go off about, I don't know where my son is, I don't have your address, I don't know who you are, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't expecting Claudia to get married, and, yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 got, a lot. it got live, and there was a moment during that conversation where I wanted to snap back. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get on his level mm-hmm. and forego that high road that we often talk about and just, like I say, get with him. But I just listened to him and he got so agitated by that. Because you were listening to him? Because I was listening to him and mm-hmm. I was responding in a way that wasn't agitated. Yeah. And I was trying to make it clear that I wasn't there to fill his shoes. Yeah. Which is ultimately what the conversation distilled down to mm-hmm. was my position as his now bonus father. Because it can feel life. like it can feel like from his position and I think you I'm happy you said that you did not match the energy. Because if the minute you start matching the energy of somebody else you have now erased any pathways of creating communication. And then he can take whatever you said, however you would have said it, even if it was true, but because you you matched the machismo as like a chink in your armor. But his anger was probably coming from the position of feeling like this man wants to take my kid away. Like that's where it's like, where is this energy coming from? Yeah. Especially if he's not present, he's not there, and he did get the message, mm-hmm. and now so now he's upset with his own self, because he could have he could have called you back, but chose not to. But things became continue to progress, unbeknownst to him, like oh this is serious. Then I assumed it was because I don't think he took it seriously. Yeah, he I did. Think that was part of it. He think he probably just some he, f boy. 
he looked and, up and his, and and you know his former partner and his son have now moved to a whole another state to whole a whole another state and have started this whole and he's asking himself life. you know what does this mean for me and also i put myself in his shoes as a father to two of my uh two other kids uh between my wife and i and how i would feel about yep. that but you didn't have kids at the time. I didn't. I didn't. But, but you, now I do. But and that, that creates that empathy, and I right? Think it, there's empathy for sure because I can think that immediately I would be on edge mm-hmm. if my kids, you know, heaven forbid something happened to my wife and I, and she remarried, and one day I'm getting a message that. You know, there's somebody in the picture that would like to talk to me. And the next message I get is that they're not married and they've moved in mm-hmm. and they're starting a family. And, you know, because you're putting an imprint. Somebody else is putting an imprint on yours. Exactly. And I don't know this person. Yeah. And they're going to be around my kid a lot. Mm-hmm. And that scares me. That is scary. And I can honestly say that. Yeah. Yeah. He, it was part of part of it was this guy's gonna be here and mm-hmm. I don't like this position that he is in with my kid mm-hmm. but it's also scary that I don't really know who he is on top of on top of that yeah so you guys um, as the, as that as that heated conversation like what was the outcome of that. Uh, the, the conversation got to a point where it was no longer productive for either of us. Yeah. It got to the point where he was unintentionally cursing about his own son. That's that's how he, spitting <laughs> mad this cat got. Like, Since you're not going to give me the energy, because it's yeah. almost like he was trying to provoke yeah. you to get yeah. a response. Yeah. And we see that, right? When people that want to start a fight. Yeah, you want to, and because I'm not helping you in the matter now, you you so mad, you just mad. All of a sudden, the 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 son that he was calling to defend and yeah. protect was a little mf'er, and I'm like, okay, see, yeah. I don't think you just realized what you just said. You just yeah. called him uh, yeah. a, a little mf'er, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's what you yeah. meant to say. No, I didn't say that. I'm like, well. Okay, and I think we're at a point where this conversation is no longer productive. Yeah, and it's important, fellas. Like when we have kids, yeah. if we're going to be in a relationship, and you know, I've said I've said it, and I'm gonna say it again. If you're going to have a child, that child is your responsibility, whether that child is in your house, not in your house, or whatever. And the ultimate goal always has to be the betterment of the child, mm-hmm. even if that betterment, in some regards, I don't want to say at the expense of yourself, but I will say you do have to give of yourself, and if you're not giving of yourself and somebody else wants to pick up that job if somebody else wants to do that be just be supportive because it's not about you it's not about your feelings because there's nothing worse than to see uh somebody wanting or desiring to do the job that you're not willing to do and then you get sensitive about it like we 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 have to be when we have children we have to be active components at all times. And it's never too late to do that. Okay, I just wanted to slide that in there. So, you and Claudia are doing well. Well, you guys are married. We, you're a bonus dad. Um, 
And at this time, I gotta add that our relationship is pretty good. It's the good. relationship between Shane and I is pretty good. Okay, so, so, so when 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 the relationship between you and Shane started to shift, was that um, when she got pregnant? Did you feel like there was a change? There was a shift in Shane for sure, but I don't know that it was our relationship that shifted at that point. Yeah. Um, we were pregnant with our daughter Anaya pretty early on in our marriage. Mm. We we didn't waste much time with that piece. Yeah. Um, it wasn't planned. Mm. Um, we felt blessed by it. We felt like it was on time, but it certainly wasn't planned. Right. And I think that timing really impacted the flow of what we were talking about earlier, the organic development mm -hmm. of our bond. Mm -hmm. um, it, didn't get a, it didn't get a yeah, chance to take root. It didn't get a chance to take root. Right. He didn't get an opportunity to feel um, grounded in mm -hmm. our new situation, our new family. To say like, this is genuine and I respect my family. That. I, I can honestly say as an adult, looking back in hindsight, I respect that. But yeah. like I said, it wasn't planned blessed certainly but it, it wasn't planned and I think that that led to what eventually happened next mm. and what eventually happened next was we had a showdown at LAX mm -hmm. when it came down to picking him up that summer mm -hmm. um, from his uh, from his father's we had an arrangement where you know he stayed with us for the majority of the year, you know, he spent holidays and summers in California with his father. It was by court order. Um, as I said, the relationship between his father and and he were, was was always strong. Mm -hmm. And um, in some ways, outside looking in, manipulative. Yeah. As for as far as for like when it comes to you and. How you're processing this information? Did you feel like you were overwhelmed? Did you feel like overwhelmed by what specifically? Overwhelmed by now I have this bonus child of mine. This I have this child that I'm responsible for. Mm -hmm. How was your was? Did you feel like you were getting the support you needed? Oh, to be a bonus dad. I I absolutely felt overwhelmed. From that perspective, I did. You know, carpool was brand new to me. I was taking yeah. a kid to, you know, taking a kid to school. Now I had an instant family, basically. Yeah. Uh, homework was a thing. Because you didn't um, get to grow into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, as as it goes, the bonus part, you know, I still had this other relationship, which was, mm -hmm. you know, as I'm attempting to describe, piping hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the side, yeah, and I'm building a new marriage with the woman that I love. Um, we've now found out we're adding to our family. Um, nothing to do with it, but at the time I was in the midst of a layoff, so there was just like <laughs> it was like the perfect storm of shit. Yeah. Like as soon as things started to look good, that's as quickly as they devolved into smelling right. like doo doo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I just. I, I did. I felt overwhelmed and I felt burdened. And I think that that 
was the beginning of the wall, the theoretical wall that can be built between two people when you don't know how to communicate right. Mm. And I'm talking about two people. I'm talking about my wife and I. So you, and and the thing about marriage, right? And I'm probably gonna have to do an episode just to kind of talk about why marriage is hard, mm-hmm. but why marriage is marriage is equally as rewarding mm-hmm. because marriage really is a big old mirror. Yeah, you know, and so and a lot of times we argue with our reflection. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's that's not what we're gonna talk about. So no. So, <laughs> So you no, say I, I got a thing or two to say when you're looking at the reflection in your life and you understand the concept that you're talking about when you understand that your spouse is a reflection of you mm. and you're like I don't look like that <laughs> yeah but well at least I don't like the idea but we don't want to go down that road we don't want to go down that road we don't want to go down that road so but yes there was a so lot you of have so you time. have here you are as a man right mm-hmm. um, we pride ourselves on being providers we pr- we pride ourselves on being Protectors. protect fix it. Mm-hmm. We can fix it. We provide ourselves on just we are with quote unquote we can keep the peace. But now you have your mental warfare that is going mm-hmm. on because well if I lose if if I lose my job that's also it can feel as if you also lost your manhood identity. Mm-hmm. And now you got you have your son that you're trying to be an example for, but that can also be challenged if you don't have a job mm-hmm. because now I'm not providing. Mm-hmm. And is my wife going to really love me mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if I ain't got the job? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like, how are you, how are you navigating that? Um, I can honestly say I made the mistake of, because I was so new at the, at the game of marriage, I made the mistake of not telling my wife first that I was afraid, which mm-hmm. is what it boiled down to, if I'm being honest. I mm-hmm. was afraid because I was experiencing something that I'd never experienced in my life, and that being being a, a head of household and being faced with the news that in a couple of months, what you know for sure is <laughs> no longer a certainty. You got two months. <laughs> to get your house in order and this job is no longer basically Mm -hmm. and so I was grateful for that runway you know provided by my employer then but I was I was in panic mode Mm -hmm. and so um, so you were allowing your pride to prevent you from humbling to yourself to your wife to express how you genuinely were feeling I don't think I looked at it as pride okay I think I think I was a. I think I was genuinely afraid and just like misdirected, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I was I was a younger man adopting a new family, and my wife is don't, don't little, come with no playbook. A little a little older than me. It doesn't come with a playbook. Marriage yeah. don't come with a playbook, and parenthood <laughs> certainly don't, don't come with a playbook. <laughs> and so I was standing there, and I remember. After getting the news, going to my going to the parking garage, and standing next to my car, and looking up to the sky, and saying to God, "Well, what are we gonna do now?" <laughs> <laughs> I said it out loud. Yeah. Like, I'm like, "You got it into this mess. <laughs> what are we gonna do now?" And yeah. because of my relationship with my sister, I chose to call her first mm-hmm. because I thought that 
she would be able to provide me with some sort of comfort, some sort of insight, Something. some sort of ideas. Idea. Yeah. And so I called her first and I talked to her and she's like, ooh, okay. And so we rapped about it for a little bit and um, she said, well, you obviously got to go home and you obviously got to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Do you want to come to my house first? <laughs> And have a drink about it. <laughs> and have, have a think about it. But have a beverage. And I said, I think I better go home and do my drink and think. <laughs> because yeah. if gotta, I don't. Don't know how far down this bottle I'm going to get. I don't know how far down the bottle I'm going to get. Exactly. So I go home and I, uh, I talk to Claudia about it. And she couldn't have been more supportive. Mm. That's a load off, isn't it? It's a load off. It's a look because I mean it, it lets you know when you have the world can feel like it's crumbling in, mm -hmm. but when you go to that person that's supposed to be a safe space, mm -hmm. and then they show you in that moment that they actually really are your safe space, mm -hmm. it's like all it's like you've been holding your breath for for ten months and now you can let it. Oh, this is gonna be all right. Yeah. This is gonna be all right. Yeah. You know, and I think some, I think us as men, we don't execute that enough. Mm -hmm. We, we, we just hold the world up. You know, when you're pushing heavy weight, mm -hmm. they tell you to breathe, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we just don't, we don't release it, mm -hmm. you know, and then, our, and if we don't release it to our safe space is, we don't release it to the core people that we know genuinely care about us holistically. Right. We don't release it. And we don't always trust it. And it, it can be hard because now it's like I have to show this because of whatever's happening. Fragility, you, you, yeah, <laughs> you don't trust it, and you know you're afraid, like you said, to show the fragility mm -hmm. of the reality of your situation. Yeah. So, you guys, uh, you guys evolve. You have Shane's going back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, clearly, there's some messaging that is different that he's getting in your house. Mm -hmm. The messaging that he's getting when he's in his other house, mm -hmm. and the issue with different messaging is that when said child lives eighty percent in a different residence, but getting different messaging somewhere else, mm -hmm. unfortunately, the child is the one trying to figure out. Yeah. Which one of these messagings do I want to listen to? You can't be convicted in confusion. You you just you can't. can't. You and can't. so, like, well, over here I can't, and over here I can't, and that for the child is is not good. Yeah. You know, even the Bible talks about father. Don't be out here confusing your kids. Yeah. And you got two dads, mm -hmm. a bonus dad, biological dad, and this kid that's in the middle, trying to figure out. Well, who am I supposed to listen to? I know who I want to listen to. I want to listen to my biological dad in this case because clearly there's some messaging over here that I might lean to. Like, how are you managing the different messaging? I, and how does I, the I naive, I, I naively took on the thought process of, well, I'm in control of what happens in my house. Me and me alone. Mm. All that other outside noise, it don't matter. If he's going to go into that environment and receive that messaging, it'll have to be left at the door. Period. 
more like comma because <laughs> after after you make that statement you then have to be prepared for what comes next and you don't get a period you don't get a break Mm-mm. it flows right into the next situation as much as you'd like to have that left outside the door it can't be because of the level of influence that in this case Shane's father has on his thinking on his idealist reality it's it's a non-starter it, it, and that's it, not uncommon happens. and it's not uncommon yeah. it's, it's not uncommon like for the kid to lean Look, towards that's I not thought, uncommon I thought all that stuff from movies and TV well my dad can and my dad does and this is how he does it but he said I thought that was all on TV and movies no this was this is real life daddy. yeah I'm like you know on one hand you're like okay you know alright we're talking we're bonding I don't last thing I want to do is shut down mm-hmm. this kid because he clearly is missing his father and he wants to talk about him normal normal Mm -hmm. and he's obviously looked up to this man and is going to compare the other men and even the man that he is to that man normal normal i'm gonna go with it now the reality is this shit gets a little annoying normal normal (laughs) what what are you gonna do he's a child he's a child and so, you know, and you want to give him that space to communicate, him the space to communicate, because, you know, but at this, up to this point, for all intents and purposes, you know, he's a good kid settling into what is now his life. Something and that, that comparison should to. not be perceived as negative. No, I don't. I don't think it was. Now, for you, you're like, hey, if, if this dude <laughs> cut it out, but that's what you have to manage. <laughs> yeah. This kid is just. Cause kids talk. Yeah. They just talk. Yeah. Aimlessly. Yeah. Talking. Yeah. They just aimlessly talking, and I just, I would listen, and I, I think that, um, I, I began to become numb to it, mm-hmm. and I began to kind of get a kick out of it, and I would kind of play with them a little bit, and say, well, can he do this? You know, <laughs> I, you know, and, and, yeah, and then bust the move that was completely. Ridiculous. Wait, so y'all were doing we that love and basketball when <laughs> in the front yard? My daddy learned karate from ISIS. <laughs> Can he do this? Yeah, yeah. I just began to have fun with it, man, because I could see, I could start to see the relationship developing between he and I, and I knew that if I just stuck with it, it wouldn't be long before we would have our own thing. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't change the thing that he had with his his father, but we would have our own thing and the p- comparison would, would fall away. Mm-hmm. And then ideally he would take the best of both of us and become the man that we both hoped his father and I by being an example that we wanted him to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so during that time period in your quiet time, how are you managing it? Like, what's going on with you psychologically? So, there began to be an issue with 
communication between Shane's father and my wife. Communication had already been, like I said, fractured and frayed, but conceivably because of the trajectory that her life was taking on now, it was getting worse. Mm -hmm. And it became a bit more malicious and a bit more intentional. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I'm talking about is his desire to be present in our marriage and the inevitability of his presence in our marriage. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is this is weighing on Claudia's mind, his presence and what he's going to do next with respect to custody of their son together. Oh, so he you're saying the dad was trying to weaponize Shane to have an impact on what's happening over here. And, you know, and, and to be fair and honest, this had been an ongoing battle between the two of them, even prior to us getting, getting married. Mm -hmm. um, there had been a period of respite, but any break, any perceived break was only temporary. Yeah, and very brief. typically you typically we see um, those type of characteristics. You see it on the other side mm -hmm. where a woman wants to weaponize the child. It's not every day you hear about um, a male mm -hmm. doing that. But while that's while that's happening, right? You're kind of you're on the outside. I'm on the outside. And with you standing on the outside, what position are you taking? I'm taking the position of look. He very clearly wants to establish himself as his father. And I don't think he understands that. And this is me talking to Claudia. I don't think he understands that you nor I have the desire to take that from him. Anything yeah. that we do, we do in the interest of Shane and Shane only. Mm -hmm. And I look at it through an empathetic lens and say, that's what his position is mm -hmm. as his father. Mm -hmm. Through an empathetic lens I say that his father's position was, I got to get my son back. I got to get him here. Mm -hmm. And I got to do it by any means necessary. So that's what I mean when I say malicious. Yeah. It, 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 the maliciousness came with intent. Good intent. That good intent being to have the primary responsibility for okay. his son. To have him there for the school year uh, and have us get you know, the peppered holidays and, yeah. you know, maybe a little bit of the summer. And if I put my empathetic lenses on, it was because he felt like his environment was better. Mm -hmm. I think there are other per, uh, points of view. I think there might be points of view that he was just trying to stick it to my wife, that he wanted to take control of the situation and, some of that may be true and may have played mm -hmm. a part, but from my lens, if I put my my dad hat on, it's because I think I know what's best for my son. Yeah, and, and that's I normal want him too. Back, and I'll do whatever I need to do yeah. to to get him back. Yeah. So what I see now is a, a manipulation between Shane and his father mm -hmm. to the point where. It, Case in point, we throw Shane a birthday party here in Houston. And by all accounts, Shane has the time of his life. 
Right. I mean, busting a gut, laughing his butt off, verbally articulating he, to my he, wife. He and I, yeah, he was like, you know, I, I just met these kids and I'm having a good time. Yeah. You know, thank you guys for putting This is the best birthday I've had in a long time. Yeah. Was literally what he said. We took him, you know, paintballing and I had friends that had kids as well and they, you know, brought their kids and we all had a really good time. And at the end of that, I was like, man, that, that was such a good time. Thank y'all. Yeah. And later that day, he gets a call from his father and he asks him, well, what did you do for your birthday today? Did you guys do anything special? No, not really. I can't believe this is such a bad day. I can't believe we didn't do anything. We did something. We did some paintball with some of Alan's friends, but that wasn't that fun. Yeah. And it kind of cut a you. little bit because I could overhear the conversation. Yeah. And I that was like my first glimpse at the duplicity of who he had to be as a as an eight, nine-year-old trying nine to balance, year old child. Trying man. to balance trying his emotions. Trying to balance his emotions. And, and I guess, fellas, we have to ask ourselves, like, is 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 that fair? You know, hindsight's, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. But for new parents, for old parents, and what I mean, like, when I, when I say new parents, like, you got a baby. Old parents have been in the game 10, 15 years, you know? But we never want to put our kids in a position to where they feel as though they have to do the managing of emotion. And that was what was happening. Very clearly, that was what was happening. And it made Claudia and I both think, what's happening that we're not aware of that puts him in this position where he feels like he has to be honest about having a good time on his birthday with us. Yeah. As you guys, as you and Claudia, you guys end up having two beautiful, amazing kids. Um, now you have two babies. Mm-hmm. When uh, Papicito was born, did, did, was there a bigger shift between now you have, now it just so happens that Shane is outnumbered here. Through siblings, two to one, you know, did you feel as if you had to work harder to make sure he felt that he still understood that his position is still the prince of the house? Well, um, as I alluded to earlier, the year that my daughter and I was born, um, Shane went back to California for the summer and didn't come back to Houston. Mm. Claudia and I flew out to to California to pick him up, as was instructed by the court order, like I mentioned before. And in the process of the handoff, things went completely left. Mm. Police were involved. Uh, we ended up having to have an emergency court hearing that took place over the course of three days. Mm. Now, mind you, 
my wife is nine months pregnant at this point with our daughter mm-hmm. and was really one of the only reasons why I joined her on this trip because typically it's uh, flying to LAX, grab Shane, and fly back mm-hmm. home. Um, but I went with her this time because she was far, uh, far along in pregnancy. And, you know, just the energy of it all gave me concern. The energy of the conversation leading up to the pickup gave me concern. Yeah. So I reached out to my father, who knows folks that uh, operate out of LAX, law enforcement that operates out of LAX. And I just said, you know, I don't know what's going to happen during this pickup, but have someone on standby just in case. Yeah. And true to form, during the process of the the drop off, Shane just out of the blue says, I'm not coming home and takes off in the airport. OJ style. Booking it. Like in a Hertz commercial. In a Hertz commercial. Running through the terminal, out of the doors of the terminal, into traffic of the arrival. So the police are there. They're asking what's going on. They're asking Claudia for the court order. Um, they're asking for clarity. Yeah. Clarity to a situation that we just simply don't have. Um, we don't know if this was preempted. We have a good suspicion that it was based on all the elements that surround, you know, but regardless, we end up in an emergency hearing uh, in L.A. County mm-hmm. to revisit the custody of Shane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll take a step back. Before that, it was our expectation that the police would enforce the, the court order that dictated he was to come home with us. Yeah. And because of his age at the time and his assertion that he didn't want to go home, they said, we have two choices. You guys can give permission, Claudia and I could give permission to allow him to go home with his dad and you guys can have your emergency hearing. Or if you don't agree with that, we have to put him in the system. We're gonna have to put him in a foster care situation overnight until this matter is resolved if you don't agree to that. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously we're not going to let that happen so he goes home with his father that night do you ever feel that during this time did you ever feel like I didn't sign up for this yes yes and so while, while you're feeling that with all this going on like or it, is it just is it just overwhelming or did you be like yo I think I'm trying to Angela Bassett Run through the freeway. Heels in hand. I felt very much out of control. Yeah. I felt out of control. I felt like I was in this surreal moment that I couldn't escape from. Because you're watching the movie. You're not even a character in this movie. I'm, I'm watching the movie. And you can't leave. 
I, I'm, I'm watching a movie, yes, but I'm a character in this movie still. That that last statement is not accurate. I am very much an active character in this movie. And I can't believe it. Yeah. And I'm reaching out to friends and loved ones to let them know that I've had to shift my entire schedule around. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. And I'm having to explain a little bit of what's going on and why I'm landlocked in... L.A. with no draws, no toothbrush, mm-hmm. no I, clue. I was supposed to just get here and catch the next flight out. We were supposed to with all with with, with all of this going on. How are you dealing with um your 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 marriage? Because so much has gone on, mm-hmm. right? So much has gone on from that event to uh, you becoming a dad of two kids. Mm-hmm. What is the weight like? that you feel you're having to carry between that and managing your marriage? The weight is heavy. The weight is heavy. Because whether I like it or not, I'm starting to look at my wife crazy. Mm -hmm. This situation is beginning to tarnish for better or for worse. And I, 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 I have a little bit of embarrassment in saying that, but it's really how I felt. It's how you felt. it, It was, it was tarnishing the view that I had of my wife because here we are in relationship with this person that would not ordinarily, I can honestly say ordinarily be in your on orbit. the docket of mm-hmm. friends in my orbit mm-hmm. had it not been for the relationship that you established. Yeah. And I think some of that was also because of my family's influence and my family's perception outside looking in of what was going on. And I don't know that all of them were always saying the right things <laughs> in that moment, Yeah, you know, to be perfectly honest. And it began to weigh on me. So you now you... I was in this jacked up situation and that I made may have made a bad, a bad choice. Cause so you to you 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 skip over the rule of not being involved with somebody with the kid. Like now I got some baby daddy drama mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have had if I would have just stuck to my rule. Yeah, and so you you're getting you're getting information from one group of people that you admire, which is not necessarily making you feel better. You got your own biological kids that you don't want to be part of the divorce story. You're balancing that. Mm-hmm. Now you got your bonus child that you don't exactly know how to help and assist. And then you got your wife that's typically y'all on one accord and y'all can't we find a cord. We all are. Everybody's off. Everybody's on the way. And yeah. that doesn't feel good. To how are you on I, different pages when you got a new family member coming up. It's not going well, Larry. At this point, it's not going well. <laughs> Life is not Life good. Life is not good at this point. And we're not even a good year into our marriage. Yeah. And I am completely overwhelmed. I am completely out of my element. And And how long how long were you feeling like that? How many was it was it like if you push play from LAX and you go to when Alan Cito was born. Like, how often were you feeling like you were traveling rough seas? Well, like you said at the, at the onset, this is marriage. 
So that's an ebb and flow situation. Mm-hmm. So there were. Did you feel more ebb than you felt there, flow? There was there was more ebb than there was in this flow season. In this season, and I would I I think my wife, if she was sitting here next to me, would be transparent in saying that you know we still recover to mm-hmm. this day from that ebb. Yeah. In that period of our, that period of time in our life. Just, you know, just because we still deal with a now 18-year-old challenging so, situation. So here's here's the question. Here's the question, yeah. bro. Here's the question. Yeah. Cuz life is ebb and flow. Yeah. Business is ebb and flow. Yeah. Um you got ebb and flow in friendships, you got ebb yeah. and flow. You got Bro, you can go to the exact same restaurant and they can get it right sometimes. And the minute, the minute you bring a guest <laughs> to this great restaurant, why you ebbing today? <laughs> you supposed to keep flowing with me. Now you done embarrass me in front of company. Yeah, yeah. And that, <laughs> and, that, that, and they second I'm guessing so my that, taste buds. I'm, I'm so glad that you. I'm so glad that you said that because there was a period of time where I was embarrassed. So I was embarrassed behind. The decisions that I had made, I was embarrassed behind the position that I was in, and I wasn't feeling good about anything, let alone being a father, a natural father, a bonus father, a husband. All, all of all of his all of the things. So let's so here's here's the question for you, right? As because I I outside looking in, I would say right now you're in a season of flow. Today, mm-hmm. you've survived the ebb, mm-hmm. and ebb ebb has highs and ebb has lows, mm-hmm. and you might be just going high and low ebbing before you even get to a place. Flow meaning flow meaning things are in some state of tranquility, of peace, of understanding. How did you survive that? God, a lot of prayer, um, therapy with Claudia, Mm. uh, therapy with myself, therapy with Shane, Mm. um, conversations with his father. Did that ever evolve or is it still rocky? It's non-existent right now. Yeah. As I mentioned, he's 18. So, you know, I think we were both pretty well pleased with the idea that okay maybe we don't need that yeah we don't have to. We, we don't have to do that. and that's okay yeah and that's okay <laughs> yeah everything ain't for everybody right? so you you mentioned therapy mm-hmm. what else and i guess and like i let's get this let's let's be crystal clear i'm a firm believer that prayer is critical mm-hmm. i'm a firm believer that prayer above all things it's it's critical but everybody that listens to this podcast may not subscribe mm-hmm. to prayer. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. So if we were if we wanted to tell men other practical things that you felt for you were useful outside of. Now it's weird, right? It's weird to say, well outside of prayer I found this, this and that. Because for us, when we pray, pray gives us the necessary tools and perspective. Mm-hmm. Some people might call that meditating, mm-hmm. right? And they they arrive from this place. But outside of therapy, 
what what would you say was a tool enough for you to actually be in your position today to have an essence of flow? So so therapy can be many things. I'm not just talking about sitting down and talking to a licensed professional. I'm talking about in addition to that, right? sitting down with the right circle of people is part of that therapy for me. So cigar so, sessions? So cigar sessions. Sitting down with you, Larry. Sitting down with my uncle who has been in a similar predicament. Mm-hmm. You know, raising a bonus child who looks to him as her own father. Yeah. Uh, you know, talking to the folks that want to see my marriage win, that want to see me win. Exercise? And exercise. Exercise is therapy. I did some of my best running during the, the ebbs of our relationship. Boy, I tell you, you run Split. like Rocky Balboa. Rocky. <laughs> Damn, you you Apollo Creed out there with his going with his bad man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you, you boy. in the gym, like you know that solitude. You in the best shape time. of your life, isn't yes, it? yes, That's it. There's there's more than one way to do therapy. That would be my my advice to other men. If you don't feel comfortable with the traditional means of therapy. Find another venue. There is somebody out there in your circle that wants to see you win. Get with them. And you know who they are. And I would say, I would say what what you're getting at is you you chose to not go the journey alone. Absolutely not. Because when anything you do by yourself, you're not gonna win. It doesn't, it doesn't, even in business, like billionaires don't become billionaires by themselves. Millionaires don't become millionaires by themselves. Thousandaires don't become thousandaires by yourself. But the only thing you can do by yourself is be broke. You can be broke financially. You can be broke in relationships because you end up isolating yourself. Listen, we were meant to be in community. We we were born and, and it is natural for us as human beings to desire community, to need community, to survive and to thrive. And... I put it all on that. Yeah. I put it all on my community. That doesn't mean going around and telling your business to everybody and anybody. But mm-hmm. that does mean putting it out there to somebody that you can trust. That does mean taking time for yourself. That does mean maybe picking up a book. Is that something that you would want people to walk away from this conversation? Yeah. Don't don't live in your head especially when it comes to something as critical as being head of your household. You got to live out loud. You got to live connected in order for this thing to work. And we struggle with that. Living in our, living in our head, boy, I'm telling you, we take a full residence. Yeah. And then they come, what's wrong? Huh? Yeah. (laughs) Nothing, nothing, nothing. You know, so. And it, 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 it's even helpful just to say, I'm feeling bad and I, and I can't really articulate it. Mm-hmm. Just to put it out there that something is not right. Even if even if you even if you just simply say that, it's better than saying nothing. I'm all good. Don't worry about me. Well, I tell you what, man. But that being said, I'm I I I want you to know I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate the fact that you were willing to share your story. You know because so many people have similar stories. They may not be. 
circumstantially the same, mm-hmm. but we can all glean from from our stories. Mm-hmm. That's what makes books very cool, documentaries mm-hmm. so cool, is because of the stories. Mm-hmm. You know, so I want to say um, thank you. Yeah. For sharing your story with me, mm-hmm. and last but not least, man, if you're trying to help God when well, He don't need no help, chances are you're already lost. Peace.